Dear Podcast. My name is Christian Duran, Senior Vice President of the Odier Podcast, Odier Nation, Odier Limited, and all subsidiaries there in 4-2 Witch. With me, as always, on the one podcast where we talk about the things that would make your mother clutch her pearls and say, oh dear. Oh dear. Are my co-hosts, Nick Whitmer and Brett Rabel. What up? Hey, how we just lost every listener. Good job. was like, oh, I didn't like it this week. <laughs> They're like, these guys, these guys have jumped a shark. Yeah, they don't have it. I could tell they don't have it this week. <laughs> Some weeks we do have it. Some weeks you're like, all right, not as many laughs that upset. <laughs> <laughs> On me too. I'm not, you know. No, no, I know. To me, I'm like. We're just like, trying to yeah, appeal we- to our urban demographic. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like we went too far down the Leo yeah. rabbit hole this week. <laughs> <laughs> Whitmer trying to appeal to our urban demographic. Oh dear, sponsored by Boost Mobile. Boost, where are you at? <laughs> by the way, who's the, the CEO of Boost Mobile? Is just some Jewish guy. We and looked him like, up. Uh, yeah, I was like, at what point was that guy just like, ah, I'm going to be black people phones? <laughs> like, <laughs> we, we talked about this right on the podcast. Is that why? That's we did. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. You know who's in the underserved market. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about shortly before the mics were on. We were talking about James Corden, mm. and you guys were expressing your not that I'm wasn't agreeing, but <laughs> just so everyone knows, Whitmer and I were making fun of him. Christian is very pro James. Yeah. He thinks he, I was, we were actually going like, so like who are your main comedic influences? And Christian said, James Corden, Logan Paul. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jake Paul, the Paul brothers, of course, have done a lot of great stuff in comedy. That 13 year old Asian uh, YouTuber who's like <laughs> a millionaire probably says the N word. Yeah, know. probably. Um, no, I, I mean, I don't want to say anything, but look, I'm very close to a job that may or may not be on the James Court. No, I, don't I would love that. that. I would definitely shut up about how. Yeah, no, I would too. I'd be like, fucking, all right. I would I actually do a 180 and be like, dude, he's really funny. He's really good. <laughs> he just come on the podcast that's, one week. That goes. You know who's that's, good? <laughs> that's how I'm desperate for all of us to like make it in show business. Yeah. <laughs> Is I will be, I will turn on my complete 180 on my James Corden tapes. Well, the thing is, is like the, the hard thing about comedy and stuff is like, it is funny to like express like why you don't like something or bash like this person or that person. But at the end of the day, it's like, and the reality is, is like when you meet certain people, like it's, you know, they're nice. <laughs> like, Everyone's nice. Yeah. Like there's heart. There's like, really? there's comics that I don't like their material whatsoever. I don't think they're interesting. I don't think they're particularly funny, but like when you meet them face to face, they're nice people and you don't want to be like, and like to say they're like, Oh, this person sucked. It's way easier when you don't know them. And then when you meet right. them, you're like, ah, yeah, but they're nice person it's i like, bet you he's I not though <laughs> I, I, I bet no, he's not i bet he's like he's like cellophane nice this yeah. is all my perception is all based on i've yeah. never met the guy i'll probably never meet the guy i hope i get asked to do the show and then somehow they hear this and i get uninvited yeah well but, to me out of all the hosts on the late night shows um all of them have a background of comedy and I feel like James Corden somehow networked and social climbed his way into the show. Where, yeah. cause it's like, who was James Corden before they got him? Like no one knew who he was. And I know no one really knew who Conan was, but when Conan came on the scene, at least they're like, Oh, this guy wrote for the Simpsons and he wrote for SNL. And like, he had like the pedigree, but like, does Corden have any pedigree? So like, he, he just comes out of nowhere thing. in the UK, but why yeah. would that translate to us? Like there's a lot of terrible things. Like the British, British people have awful taste in things. I'm kidding. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it was when he got hired. I don't get it. When he got hired, it was during the, everyone was like, wow, every late night host is a white guy. And yeah. is there any way, there's a couple fillings. Is there any way to fill it with not a white guy? And then CBS was like, all right, we'll give you diversity. How about a British white guy? <laughs> Sold American. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait, no, that's not what people meant. There were so many talented folk that were, uh, you know, I'll never, I'll never not bring up old Wayne Brady when we talk yeah. about well, the I, most talented dudes in showbiz. Yeah, Corden replaced Ferguson, right? After the Letterman spot. Now it's Colbert. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So Corden is like, 
that, that spot, that late night spot, uh, Christian has talked about this. It's such a good spot, a good time slot for being able to do like edgier stuff. And, and it's, and it's just wasted on the most like corporate brown nosing pussy ever. Like he sucks <laughs> at every, like, dude, like, like you, you're ruining, like you have such an opportunity and you're ruining it by like pretending to be a diva while dancing in front of a red light. Like you're the worst dude. You're not good. And that spot, like like Norm Macdonald, rest in peace, was fucking going for that spot. And how awesome would that show have been with Norm? Was he? Yeah, he was. I mean, it was it was like a Twitter campaign. Like people oh, started okay. going, like, give that. Norm that spot, give Norm that spot. Yeah. And he started like tweeting about it and stuff. Man, what a we didn't talk. He died like after the podcast last week. Like, yeah, yeah, shortly after. Man, you know, it's, dude, you know what's so, funny about. He had his Netflix. Norm Macdonald had his Netflix show. It had like one season. He had a YouTube show that was hilarious. Yeah. It was just the same thing as Netflix. So just an interview show. Right. I think Netflix found out about it and picked it up and all this stuff. And then as he was promoting it, like the week he was promoting it, he said some stuff that uh, you know got him in trouble. I think he like basically defended Louis C.K. and Roseanne, and that got him in trouble. And then he said something else. He probably um, didn't defend him. He probably just said. He said he didn't defend him. He just said. It, it must be hard yeah, to, he, to go yeah. through life knowing that or with that thing. And people were like, how dare you? So it was that whole thing. But um, uh, Charles McBee, I think he's he's the head writer of the new Charlemagne show, Charlemagne the God show, with our friend Andre D. Thompson. Congratulations, my friend. Andre. Uh, but uh, he, he tweeted out, he's like, when Norm died, he's like, half of y'all was trying to cancel Norm three years ago. And I was like, wow, that's who, so true. Who was trying to? Just half the comics that are posting oh, about. The comic. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah just like yeah. he's like half of y'all was were trying to cancel him three years ago, and then like all of a sudden he's everybody's favorite comedian now. Right. I saw him on the View because uh, people who don't know Sarah, my wife works for the View, and literally like um he was booked like a couple weeks ahead, and she was like, "Do you want to come see Norm Macdonald on the View?" And I was like, "Absolutely, I fucking love Norm." So we show up. And it's literally the day before. Well, so he's, he defends Louis C.K. and Roseanne, basically just saying they're friends of his and like it must be hard on them as well as the victims. And everyone's like, yeah. oh, they're judge, judge, So then he goes on Howard Stern and says, yeah. he goes, you know, basically like for you to think that I was blaming the victims or whatever, you'd have to be retarded to believe that. And he got in trouble for saying retarded. <laughs> Or yeah. no, he stopped himself from saying retarded and said Down syndrome or something. Yeah, something. I think that was it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so like, As if that's better. <laughs> yeah. No, but it it, it, it is because to some of those people, they have this really rigid view of words. Yeah. That words yeah. have the moral component. But yeah. you could tell that he literally was like, he came to The View and he's had so many appearances on The View. Like he's gone on so many times in the past and like he had this really legendary funny moment where he basically was telling them that Bill Clinton killed a guy. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, but uh, he was just sitting there. He had Tic Tacs in his hand and he kept popping in a Tic Tac and he said like nothing. And I, he just looked like a shell of himself. And I was like, man, this is a guy who was basically told, hey, man, if you don't want to start apologizing, your Netflix show is going to be taken away. Because this is at the peak yeah. of all that, you know, cancel right. culture, me too shit. So it was it was really sad to see him like that, you know, and I never got to see him do stand up live. So the only time I ever saw him live was on The View. And he just was like a shell of himself because of like what these fucking people did to him. And you're right. It's so funny that or Charles McBee is right. It's so funny that like in that time, everybody was going for him. Like, how dare you defend Louie? How dare you defend Roseanne? And then he dies and everybody's like, what a legend. What a legend. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's. uh quick to make that turnaround when the Wait, that this, does sorry go ahead no um i just i heard a joke from him last night because i've been doing re, uh youtube stuff he had the fucking funniest joke about uh las vegas he's like they say in las vegas what happens in vegas stays in vegas he's like what, what, what does that really mean he's like it basically means you can fuck your wife and no one will tell her <laughs> that's what it means <laughs> he's like so basically the Vegas whores, the whores in Vegas aren't like those mouthy local whores <laughs> who can't keep their mouths shut. 
<laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> the way he said, like, mouthy, local whores, it's yeah. like those three words have never been put together. Like, oh, man, that guy's so funny. That does suck. You got to see him in on the the episode or the time where like the twinkle in his eye, like the mischievous kind of sort of like lovable endearing, but kind of mischief making, uh, you know, comic voice. He was, you saw him on the day, like the life was stripped out of him. Right. And he was just like, uh, yeah, he was just like kind of dead inside because he couldn't be norm. Right. I hope Netflix does like, so what I think happened, and I, I think people are speculating this, is when he got the show on Netflix, the YouTube version of his show all of a sudden disappeared off of mm. YouTube. So everybody, the speculation was something along the like, hey, when you signed with us, like you'd have to take your show down, and now it's only exclusive to Netflix. Yeah. I don't know if anybody has proved that to be 100% true, but it seems like that's what is true. Yeah. So it's just a bummer because so many of those episodes were fucking amazing. Yeah, I hope like Netflix will let them put them back up or put them on Netflix or something because like he had this interview with Adam Sandler that was like one of the best interviews ever. Yeah. Like, it was it was amazing. It but was, now it's yeah, not. It was great because he's a he's a dude who has a lot of like old comedy friends and like Sandler is like an old friend of his. So like having him on and like you know Adam Sandler is a huge star so having the that rapport of like two people sure. who just knew each other from way back when just very comfortable having a real having like reminiscing about Saturday Night Live I think that was the one where he told the story about um uh I don't maybe it wasn't but anyway he nor might he might have told the story about how they were at SNL late one night like after the rap party on like a Sunday or sorry Saturday and they had to get back in the building for some reason so then the Adam Sandler was like, uh, they got in the hallway and the security guys like, no, you can't go back up there. And they were just walking in the elevator and like they're in the elevator already. And Adam Sandler's like, no, it's all right. It's all right. We're gay. We're gay. (laughs) The security guy's like, what? He's like, no, it's okay. It's okay. We're gay. We're gay. (laughs) It's kind of a great defense because it, 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 like, it makes you, like, <laughs> yeah it also like stopped you in your tracks because it's yeah. like it's like a it's like a chess move you were like i did i would not see the opponent doing that <laughs> but it's probably a chess move that's a horrible move right you know they just move their queen into a spot where you're like i can take their queen with a fucking pawn <laughs> but you're like there's no way they'd be so stupid yeah <laughs> this just can't be the move yeah yeah uh yeah, but uh, that show was great. I mean, maybe they're going to repurpose it. Uh, he did like live reads, so maybe they'll have to take those out and put them on right, there. But right. He's the been jokes, on there. Yeah. He, he's been on Netflix's French front page for since he passed. The uh, French? Front page. Oh, I was like, they're putting French in- page. Le nom de C'est magnifique comédie. The French just love North. Yeah, he had some of the jokes that he read, he had the one liner jokes. Yeah. One of them was like, I, I couldn't possibly do it justice, but he was talking about a serial killer and he goes into graphic detail about the serial killer and how he was killing his victims. And the, and it went on for too long and you're like, where's this going? And then the punchline was basically like, yeah, it's safe to say he was a real jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, this guy, like he can tell a joke that isn't like i don't even know how he makes it so funny you know it's right. like it's just he, he it's such a rare rare talent he was so good people always point to that the the bob saget roast where he just like de- yeah I mean, but yeah. they always go like he deconstructed the roast i'm like i don't know he, he just didn't. Like, he just told lame jokes like purpose purpose yeah yeah it's, it's just funny but like i also don't that's not my favorite thing of his so when people go like not even close it, it's revealing it's revealing to me when people say that's like his greatest moment i'm like yeah i think you're a lame comic. yeah well he he basically said like he he showed up uh i heard him tell the story he was like i showed up and the producers were like be edgy and just go all out be edgy so he was just like no and he did the opposite so he wasn't (laughs) like trying to deconstruct anything he just did the opposite of what you're supposed to do which is kind of comedy in a way yeah you know it's like the surprise of it it's it's surprising that he didn't do it the way everybody else did it 
But yeah, I agree. Yeah. It wasn't like that was as bit like you said, so many legendary moments on on the Conan pieces, like so many yeah. hilarious moments on Conan. Um Christian shared the re- Tonight Show one. Oh yeah, that was that's my that's my favorite. That movie. might be my favorite. Uh, I mean, Norm, everything he touched was so funny. But that Tonight Show one with Conan, where this is this is like a week before Conan is officially getting kicked off the Tonight Show. Yeah, this is the one you're talking about too, right, Chris? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Replaced Conan, again by Jay Leno. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Norm brings in a gift basket. Yeah, and he says, oh, "I meant to, I meant to send this to you like five, six months ago, but I just got busy. So, all right, if I give it to you now." And Conan's like, "Yeah, it's so sweet." People cheer, and he's like, "Can I read the card?" Sure. <laughs> and the card is like, "Congratulations on your new permanent gig." <laughs> this is something they can never take away from you. <laughs> And then he said, uh, the joke was like, you know, but if I know you, Conan, miserable failure is not an option. (laughs) Long live the king of late night. Oh, oh, man. The thing about Uh, that is, like, Conan is hilarious. And uh, you've seen Conan over the years. Like, every talk show host has this thing where, like, they're talking to, like, Justin Bieber or, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar. And they have to act yeah. like they're all equally amazing to talk to. Right. And when Norm would come on those shows and he would make jokes and you could just watch Conan's reaction and you watch yeah. him put his hand over his mouth or his hand on his stomach and you could just know that he's like, I can't believe this is happening. Like right. you could see how that was such a treat for him. Um, the fucking chairman of the board, Parrot Top One, was That's, like, I, when he when he said, what are you going to do with that one, freak? And then he says, oh, it was board <laughs> spelled B-O-R-E-D. Yeah. And then the way Conan reacts, like, warms yeah. my heart. Because he literally was like, you son of a bitch. You're the funniest motherfucker ever. Well, the beautiful thing about that, that appearance is that, like, she, uh, she's an actress like promoting this movie she's in with carrot top right everybody knows if you're in a movie with carrot top it's probably not going to be that good she yeah. kind of knows it too and norm's <laughs> the only one like punching a hole in it and yeah. but she's still but they're also trying they still have the obligation to promote the movie but he doesn't right. which is why it's so brilliant when he's just like he's like what's it called box office poison poison <laughs> 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 uh that 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 clip, or I think, may, if you had to have one Norm clip, another great choice would be just his Letterman set. It was Letterman's uh, last, yeah. like the last at, one. It's it was beautiful. his last stand-up set. The the, and, the, uh, the the bit about Germany going to war with everybody uh, is fucking so one of the funniest bits. Yeah, like, even like like. Just the little things he does where he goes, you can't be a country anymore on account of, <laughs> on account of, it just makes me laugh so much. It's like, who is their opponent they decided to go? The world. The world. <laughs> and you think, yeah, the joke, and you think, oh, they probably, you know, Germany, you got him in line really quickly. It was close. But it was close. <laughs> it was kind of close, yeah. The funny uh, thing is, man. like, uh, even with, like, kind of, like, I don't know, you could maybe say lamer uh, observations, not even lame is like the word, but it's like a, an observation that like you might find mildly interesting that you never noticed it. And maybe you'll go, Oh, that's kind of funny. Norm would even make it funnier on that Letterman set. He, he had the ID joke about, yeah. he's like, I stands for I, and then D stands for identification. <laughs> and like the funny, like, like the way he, like if Seinfeld did that joke, he'd be like, all right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> but for some Norm says that and I'm dying. <laughs> like he's just so good. It was so it's good. his voice. It's yeah. his like it's interesting weird and, voice. Yeah. And I would say um, too, if you're looking up stuff that the one of his best stand up bits was this bit about if he were to be a serial killer, how he would kill uh, oh, his, so his victim. It's like it's it's like five or six minutes long. It's definitely on YouTube. Just look up Norm McDonald's serial killer. And uh, man, that's a fucking that's a a monster bit. That's so funny. It's like you know Lisa in there. She's, every Tuesday she gets a cheese sandwich, and I'll bet you anything she got a cheese sandwich in that bag. <laughs> Just so, so dumb. But like, um, if if you really want some good content, there's like um, Norm Macdonald and Howard Stern interviews. 
always really good. He's just, a, he's one of the best guests on there. Um, but it is funny going back to the Conan thing, uh, Jay Leno Conan thing where he's like, he specifically asked him, this is before Conan w- got the job at tonight show. He's like, he's like, what do you think about Conan taking over tonight show? He's like, I don't even know why you'd want that job. He's like, uh, and it's going through all the thing. And he's like, uh, cause it happened before that whole debacle pretty much happened with David Letterman in the eighties. Cause Johnny Carson was leaving and then they wanted Johnny Carson specifically wanted David Letterman to replace him. NBC, like Jay Leno's manager, polit like ruthlessly politicked to get him into uh, into the spot, and to the to the point where in this this book, this you know true life book or whatever about the incident was Jay Leno hid inside a closet of NBC. What? And like eavesdropped on like the network executives meeting so that Whoa. he could figure out like where their head was at as far as like making a decision. And then, uh, so he got the job and Letterman has always resented him for it. And then Re- Letterman went to CBS and did his, his show against the tonight show. And then, so, and then the Conan thing happened and then Norm's like, Jay Leno is just the shrewdest person in show business. Like every 10 years, he just finds some redheaded rube. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Fuck over. Wow. That's, that's a crazy thing to do. I mean, hiding in a closet just to, uh, that whole, that, I mean, there's two books. I think the same guy wrote, wrote both books. There's, um, I don't know. The Late Shift, I think, is the first one. They even made like a TV movie out of it. I think it's which called, like Late Night. Wars. That's got to be bad. It's that's, so bad. That's got to be bad. It's our. It's already like Late Night Wars is one thing where it's like, why are we interested in this again? Right. The <laughs> right. the the one that covers the Letterman Jay Leno thing is called The Late Shift, and then the one that covers the Leno Conan thing is called uh, The War for Late Night. The War for Late Night. The War okay. for Late Night. If you can look that up. Um, but and that covers the whole thing and like even the Jimmy Fallon stuff of all like there, Jimmy Fallon got moved in. There's um and everything. There's also if you're looking for Norm clips, a really underrated source for Norm stuff was uh is Dennis Miller's show. Oh, I don't yeah. know much about Dennis Dennis Miller. I know like after nine eleven he came out as like a rabid conservative Republican. and then he did stuff with like uh, Bill O'Reilly and like. I, yeah. I I think at one point he was considered he was kind of like when he, he was, was like doing, Bill Maher. Yeah, he was like Bill Maher, John Stewart when he was doing like the uh, uh, Weekend Update, and then afterwards he he was just a very intellectual guy, and I think like kind of poison pilled himself by because you know being a conservative in Hollywood is not something that anybody can really pull off. So he eventually yeah. went had his own tell uh, me <laughs> radio show, um, and but his radio show is like something that like I don't know who listens to it. I've never heard of anybody I know saying yeah. like, oh, I listen to Dennis Miller's radio show. But when I was searching for Norm clips, someone put together a three-hour compilation of all the times because Norm was really good friends with Dennis Miller. So Norm would just and come SNL. on for almost no reason. Yeah, they worked at SNL. They're almost no reason. Sometimes to promote stuff. Sometimes like he would come on and and um, Dennis Miller would try to promote stuff for him. Like he's like, "What can I promote? You're just here. Like what?" Do-? But he, like he would just go on and like tell all these crazy stories. I was listening to one last night where he bought three ventriloquist dummies. <laughs> he's like yeah i'm gonna be a ventriloquist now uh and he's like i got three and he's like there's an old guy a young guy and then there's a um uh elvis doll or something like that uh no richard nixon but he started start talking about the old guy and he's like i started doing comedy with the old guy and then we quickly realized that he was a holocaust denier <laughs> So so he did this whole bit about how this puppet turned out to be a Holocaust denier. And it's so absurd and dumb and hilarious because it's Norm. And then every time he would come back on the show, Dennis Miller would be like, hey, can you tell us more about your puppets? And I was like, what are these? Like, who ever heard of this puppet shit with Norm? Just this one-off bit that he did on Dennis Miller. And then it was like several callbacks and stuff. Anyway, that's definitely worth checking out too. Like really funny stuff. It's really interesting. Those guys were all so like, seem so close. Like anybody on SNL in that era, like all the standups, because that era of SNL was just like almost exclusively standups like Chris Rock, David Spade, Rob Schneider, Dennis Miller, um, Adam Sandler, uh, Adam Sandler, Norm MacDonald, Kevin Nealon. Like they were all standups. I mean, they, I might be 
mixing up the timelines a little bit. There's a couple of people are not are Chris Farley. Yeah, I don't think Chris Farley. Chris was. Farley. No, Your point remains. Guy. Yeah, but they're they're all they all still seem very close. They all end up showing up in Adam Sandler movies from time to time. But like, I love when they interview each other. Uh, Colin Quinn too. But uh, yeah. there's one Colin Quinn story that he tells about Dennis Miller, where he's like, you know, Con- like I guess Dennis Miller went to go see Colin do stand up, and he's like, ah oh, man. Colin, you're so good, but there's just something I just can't put my finger on. And uh, I think it's, and then someone called him away and just, and he's like, oh, whatever. And he walked away. And then Colin's like, I've been trying to figure out what he was going to say for 25 years. <laughs> like he was going to give him the key yeah. to unlocking like the mainstream ding. success. That's hilarious. Norm, RIP. Truly, one of the all-time best. Really, Definitely. really. I mean, and and the outpouring of everything for him was so like unanimous and like so, especially in, with comedians, are just so like acknowledging like this is one of the funniest dudes ever, like bar none, obviously. Um, so yeah, he's a great guy, real funny. Yeah, and it's funny. Like the only reason why we even got a couple comedy specials from him was. He like when he did that sports show on Comedy Central. Comedy Central made the deal like we'll give you the sports show, but you also have to give us a special. So that mm-hmm. was the me, me doing stand up special, and then the similar thing with Netflix with the Hitler's Dog special. Yeah, like he only put those out. He never wanted to put out specials. He never wanted to be like that type of comedian. He wanted to just yeah. do his act and go around the country, and then you know, whatever. Um, so we only got two really good specials from him because of those crazy deals. Um, yeah. Like, I'm glad they happened. It's like, thank God though, in some ways, man, just cause like, I know, yeah. I know. you almost wonder like, man, how many great norm jokes did he never, uh, it's well, almost like being raised tons. in this era. Yeah. In this era, you almost have the inverse mindset. Where you're like, all right, I have to have the hour and then yeah. I'll put that out and then I'll do the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that and docu- that's like that, how you have a body of work. That documentary will be out guaranteed, especially how he died and how he didn't tell anybody he had cancer. Not even his best yeah. friends knew. That's um, crazy. And he struggled with it for like 10 years. Yeah. No one said a fucking word. He never said a word to anybody about it. Like that's, uh, that's nuts. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, Anyway, back to James James Corden yeah. sucking. So um, <laughs> no, it can't be helped, and there's nothing that can be done about that. Yeah, so I, I guess maybe uh, some of my bitterness towards James Corden is I, I I really wanted Norm to get his job, but yeah, he came out of nowhere. I don't, I still don't get where like like I know like the Beatles and like the Rolling Stones and like Pink Floyd too. Like I know there was like a British invasion of amazing art that started yeah. in Britain and then came to America and got popular here. I totally get that, but James Corden is not that in any capacity. So it's just such a weird move. It's a weird move that they even hired him to begin with. And uh, the, anyway. Sucks. The best roast stroke I've ever heard about James Corden was that he seems like the type of person who would have taken a selfie with Hitler. <laughs> oh my god yeah. oh my god it's yeah. kind of like over the fame overriding someone's despicab- despicableness you know what I mean right. Yeah. right well you know it's interesting it's like we you were saying before about like um, the the conversation was about like there are only the late night hosts are all white guys and then let's get James Corden but it's like it's interesting whenever they do they try to do like one of these late night shows like with any person of color they make it about their color like it's never it's just always, like always yeah you know what i mean it's never like like what you're saying Wayne Brady like i feel like if Wayne Brady had the show it would just be Wayne Brady at 11:30 or whatever but like Larry Wilmore's show was called the minority report at some point and then i think it just became the Larry Wilmore show or whatever but it was like the the idea was like let's focus on black issues or like black news, political news and stuff. Or like, I think the Amber is the Amber Ruffin show. Like, is that called like something like that? I don't know what I its title know. is. I, I didn't even know she had a show. Yeah, she does. Hold on. Let me look it up. Cause I think it's, 
I could be wrong. It might just be the Amber Ruffin. I think it's called the Amber Ruffin show. It's yeah, what it yeah. says on YouTube. Um, but I, I agree. But, like, but like I, even I, um, what's sorry, uh, David Allen Greer had yeah. a show called Chocolate News at one point, and it's like I I feel like they like pigeonhole those acts into like this weird thing of like your right. show has to be about race because you're black. And they're like, I mean, but, just yeah. let, like ex- Trevor Noah doesn't get that thing though. I don't know. He's the only one. Well, right. it's, it's it, well, he replaced an already existing show, I guess. But right. like that's yeah. why, what I find so like annoying about the diversity push is because it's it's in not it's not in anybody's uh, it's not out of the goodness of their heart that they're looking for diverse voices. It's like yeah. they they want to put everything into their certain box that they have, so they go, oh, what's really popular right now? Let's go to Twitter, and then Twitter. Only 20% of American adults are even on Twitter, but we use it as like the pulse of the country with everything. So like they go, yes. oh, what'll, be, what'll be big? What'll be big? Oh, I know. We'll do the show. We can need a black person talking about black things. And it's like, it's so like Christian, Christian, you're half Puerto Rican, half Dominican. If someone came up to you and were, and were like, dude, that's such an interesting perspective. We need you to make a show about being half Puerto Rican, half Dominican. It's like, such a disservice to you because you have there's so many there's so much more interesting stuff because yeah you're a a fucking you're a wrestling tool why would we limit you (laughs) (laughs) you're not just dominican and puerto rican you're a fucking loser (laughs) it's the first episode is about being puerto rican dominican it slowly becomes like like this wrestling show for some reason it's like you know how like in the episodes of Family Guy, nobody could understand the baby, and now like I guess everybody just understands the baby. That's how right. slowly it just becomes about wrestling. You, it starts the first segment you do that gets you on the path toward your what you really want to do, which is wrestling, yeah. is like Eddie Guerrero. You talk about Eddie yeah. Guerrero, who is the Hispanic wrestler, right? And then from there, suddenly all twenty-five minutes of each episode start to <laughs> just be about wrestling, just gabbing mm-hmm. about wrestling. But no, I mean, Whitmer, your point is taken well. That uh, it's the people, I think, I do think it's going to shift. I mean, like, I really do think this, the idea of the externalities of your identity that you can't control being the most, like, chief aspects of you. Yeah. I think, I really feel like a lot of people are sensing that that's not good. Like, I know it sounds so basic, but everyone's an individual, like just everyone. Yeah. And we love to act like there is like one singular, the black experience. There's one singular, the Chinese experience. It's like, no, everyone. Here's a case in point. This is a real conversation I had after a show, like about a week and a half, two weeks ago. There were these blue collar firefighters who came. And uh, whatever, they had a good time. Uh, one of them was talking, and I called him a, a Puerto Rican Joe Pesci. I called him Jose Pesci, and uh, <laughs> he thought that was funny. In any case, so um, after the show, the, the firefighters, was it was two white guys, two black guys, one Puerto Rican. The Puerto Rican dude was dropping the N-word like left and right and just like you know this yeah. brother here this brother here and you really oh, related to that <laughs> <laughs> i was seething with jealousy um, <laughs> no but um no so he's and and like you know that when i moved here from kansas like the rule we were taught was if you're not black you can't say it period end of discussion yeah. see you later then you move to New York and you're like, you meet Puerto Ricans. You're like, okay, I guess they can say it. What the fuck? Yeah. So it's, like, uh, it, it's like, huh? And so, and he was loud with it. And obviously yeah. it's not an issue because the dudes who are his friends who are black, like yeah. they're, they're just sitting there like not even, not even like, oh, that's Tony. They're just like <laughs> yeah. ha- hanging out. Yeah. And it's like a, um, that's a very New York thing. Yeah. So, uh, I was talking with one of the, you know, the firefighters who was a black guy about it. And, um, I w- I just in a respectful way, was like, Hey, like, what's up with that? <laughs> like, I-, I don't care. Cause obviously it's not my place, but like, what's going on here? Why can, mm-hmm. why can Puerto Ricans just like really, really liberally throw it out there? 
And he said, uh, he was like, well, because they're in it with us. Like they're kind of yeah. in it with us, like the struggle and the marginalization. Mm. They kind of, and they live next to us. Um, yeah. Which made me go, well, I, you know, I've been here for like six <laughs> years. So can I? <laughs> so, uh, let's go, baby. I feel like I've earned so my Brett pass. Is, yeah. Brett's just so that, the, the map to Edward Freedom. He's like, that's it? Okay, cool. Uh, so where do I got to move? <laughs> um, but uh, it was interesting too. And this is why how everyone's an individual. Because the, the the black firefighter, he was like, I he was he was like, I don't say it. I don't think it should be said. I think it's a horrible word. Yeah, I'm not going to judge other people for saying it. But for me personally, it's not for me. And it just kind of it just shows that like everyone's in. You know, I know it's not to be like sixth grade fucking sociology, but like this conversation about the N word with a black guy who doesn't believe it should be said, but does, isn't mad about his Puerto Rican friend saying it one out of every seven words and yeah. talking yeah. to a, a white, There's a white yeah. honky. across the street from my old building. There was this, uh, this house is like, it's, it's just so out of place. It's like people, I live in a neighborhood. I live in park slope and there's like, there's money here. I'm like, slowly but surely like rich people have moved in and bought the brownstones and this that, and the other but there's one house that's like left over i guess they've been in the neighborhood for years and there's this white guy um who total like gangsta like white guy sells drugs like and he would just <clears throat> say the n-word all the time and then the people yeah. who live next to us was a family of uh, puerto rican people who would also say it all the time to each other so I'm like, it's yeah. kind of funny that there's a group of Puerto Rican people and this white dude, and they're both just saying the N-word back and forth to each other. Yeah. But this dude, like, I was walking my dog one night, and he comes up to me, he goes, hey, man, he goes, uh, I, got a new, I got a new album out. You want to hear it? And I'm like, yeah, I got to hear it. He gave me, like, this card that had, like, a SoundCloud link on it or something. So I went and, like, looked up the SoundCloud link, and it's like, I've dude, he says the N-word more than like the Wu Tang plan. Like it's like <laughs> the most ridiculous rap I've ever heard. And it's it's like like if you heard it, you wouldn't even think as a white guy. Like he's doing like a black voice yeah. and everything. Like I'm mm -hmm. like, dude, this dude is just living it though. Like you can call that guy out on all of it, but he lives the experience. Like he's not yeah. he's not a poser, he's not fucking around. Yeah. Like he's like the white aquafina. Like <laughs> <laughs> He's in, he's living it, dude. I think that's why no one cares that he says it either, because he's just a. It is funny though, because like we, we would always talk call him him and his family trash, because I mean they're just really not great people. They're like out, you know. It's like three in the morning. They're fighting and throwing beer bottles, and like the cops come. And, like it was just a, it was always a thing going on. You then mean the, guy, the person who has no sense of thoughtfulness about throwing out the worst word in American history might yeah. not be right. of a, like a high right. standard. <laughs> yeah, right. But then the guy next to us would was uh, he like would beat his wife and people would call the cop. He was just they're all just scumbags. But the funny thing was is like whenever I would explicitly call the white guy and his family trash. And then the Puerto Rican family, I couldn't call them trash because it felt racial. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, right, right, I could right. be like, oh, the trash that lives across the street. But if I go, oh, the trash that lives next door, I'm like, ooh, is that okay to say? <laughs> right. They're both it, trash, though. They're both shitty people. Well, that's the thing. I mean, those Puerto Ricans in that instance, they were just being white trash. Like, you can just <laughs> call them white trash. You have to make right. it. Like at the, so you guys, we did the show at my, at the house I live in, uh, last Friday, Whitmer and Christian Super fun, came which through, is awesome. had great sets. Five minutes before the show, we had about three audience members and I was just like, ah, sorry, everybody. And then, uh, somehow shows just get off and we ended up having probably like 40 people. In I know it was a lot of people. So awesome. It was packed. It was awesome. And, um, in any case, some Real quick, oh, there's some. I got to talk about this because there was two audience members who showed up in skates, and they were just so kind of funny. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but they were just like sort of gliding around the room for a while, <laughs> like never because they kept it. having to they kept having to go to the bathroom, but the bathroom is downstairs. Like there's no elevator or anything. Like they had to take their skates and go downstairs. <laughs> I thought it was so crazy that they were just like <laughs> zipping through. Were it's just funny I, where you're like, you want to just, you can take them off and put them on. Yeah. It's probably way easier to maneuver. 
Was that like a bit they were doing? Is it was called Shoes Off Comedy Show? They're like, I'm not. No, no. They, I think they were just, they were just uh, people who live in the area who were probably just out skating, and their friend texted them, "Come to the show." Yeah, uh, right. they were already on skates for, at yes. nine p.m. <laughs> I would tell you if I was doing a bit where I was like, everybody has to wear roller skates to watch our comedy show. No, I didn't mean um, you were doing a bit. I mean they were doing a bit because they didn't want to take the shoes off. They were like, "Oh, I don't have shoes on. I have skates on." <laughs> oh my god! I. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, I interrupted. Um, you. No, but the the so like uh, the, t- ten of the forty forty five people who came were people I just kind of like one block over. There was just like ten people hanging out, and for the sake of the story, it does matter that I say the race. There were black people who live in the area, and they were super. And this is a side note. I'm being totally serious, and I'm not being like fake, like liberal or woke or like. When I barked in the area, I was just going around handing flyers out, being like, hey, we're doing a show in an hour, hour and a half. I'm not being, but like every kind of hipstery young person was like not into it and like kind of like, and it's okay to give me the cold shoulder. Like, you don't owe me anything. Um, And I'll, and honestly, like black people hanging out in their stoops were like super friendly and like, oh shit, that's dope. Yeah, we'll yeah. come. We'll come by. That sounds cool. And um, I don't. I, I I don't know what to glean from that. But uh, you know, maybe there's a degree of. Um, I don't know. I'm not trying to project, but a lot of like I'm obviously very very white bread. Um, like white people don't interact with them. Mm-hmm. Don't go up to them and just be social. Like yeah. I, I don't know. Like. I don't know if like a white person just goes up to 10 black people at eight, at 8 PM and right. it's just like, Hey, what's going on guys? How you doing? And, right. uh, you know, they're just very friendly and sweet. And obviously like 10 or 15 or 12 of them came through, but, yeah. uh, and that was just, just a noticeable thing. I don't know. Yeah. They're also just hanging out anyway. So it's like, you know, they're like, well, all right, let's go, let's go do something. There's like an opportunity to do something. And then this nice yeah. friendly person comes up and says, Hey, and invites them. To There's show. this like white liberal thing that is also inherently racist. I hate to bring it back to Norm again, but it reminded me there was this video, there's this audio clip of him on a San Francisco radio show talking. And he said a very blanket statement, but he said it in like a norm way. So maybe it sounded a little harsh. But he basically said is like black people are poorer than white people. And the like the liberal host was like, How could you possibly say that? That's so racist. White people are blacks black people have money. There's black people who have money. And he and Norm basically like slowly but surely was like like he was like, No, 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 like generally black people are more poor than white people. And it's a problem. And it basically it got to the point where the the liberal host of the show had to concede that he's mm-hmm. basically like saying that like when I say black people have less money than white people I'm not disparaging black people I'm just saying it as of a fact not. and yeah. like that's the thing about he's not saying like, they, have they less do this all the time it's with, their fault. With, with right yeah they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they they do this with crime and, and school numbers and stuff like like if you say like it's a, if you say that I don't know eighty percent of crime are committed by black people or something. I'm not saying that's the number, but I know there's a number that gets circulated around. It's the a, it is kind yeah. of honestly like a right wing talking point. Right. With, a, you, with an you, angle toward blaming them. Right. People, if, you yeah. say, if you say that number out loud, people go, that's not true. And it's like, well, yeah. I mean, it's on the FBI website. So right. like, let's explore why it's true. And let's not just like, you're so afraid of being racist that you're willing to ignore a problem, which is, that when you live in a community that has very little upward mobility and has such poverty because of the system you live in, people turn to crime in order to make money and, and have, have things and to survive. So like if you just want to ignore the fact that a lot of people who are minorities are committing crimes because it makes you feel like you're being racist, you're actually doing a disservice to the actual problem, which is right. we need to help communities – have more upward mobility. We need to have more money and more funding and more schooling and everything like that. Better healthcare, better everything. And then those people, they're not predisposed to commit crime because of their skin color. <laughs> like it's like uh, it's literally a world we live in 
that we, the liberal people ignore it and the right, the conservative people blame the minorities yeah. for it. And it's like, yeah. you're both doing a disservice. You're both fucking but, this up tremendously. You're both yeah. terrible people. Here was, there was a moment during the show uh, where earlier on uh, two of the people that were like barked in were kind of having like a conversation, not like a quick whisper, but kind of chatting. And uh, Eva Evans, who's a hilarious comedian, she was on the show. Uh, Eva just tapped me and she goes, hey, will you, you know, will you tell them just to kind of, you know, quiet down? And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went up to him and I go, hey, guys, do you mind, you know, just lowering, like, if you want to talk, just go outside. Uh, just it's kind of yeah. distracting. And the people who were talking go like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they kind of just started to keep talking. Mm-hmm. And, and I went back to Eva and she goes, ah, it's all right. They heard. And, <laughs> and I, it's just funny where it's just like, yeah, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> like, if I had said that, it'd be like, oh, boy. <laughs> but Eva's a black woman, so it's chill. Um. But yeah. yeah, I mean, going back to that host, it's like the thing he doesn't have. I'm sure that person would agree with that statement if it had been a black person saying it. You know what I mean? It's right. like that's that's the issue. They just there's just no issue with who, what is said. It's just who is said, who says it, which is so funny to me because it's like I've talked about this before. But like when whenever you have talked to these meetings and like hear the people that you know pick shows and stuff they go there was we want somebody with a unique perspective a unique point of view but it's not really true that like they're looking for uh a unique set of circumstances of life circumstances like you know that that white dude you were talking about who who put out that mixtape or whatever the the album where he's going nuts and like he's next to the house of puerto ricans like that guy probably has an interesting point of view right now, <laughs> yeah. nobody, nobody's ever made a show like that before <laughs> yeah yeah you're right but, it, you, but it's usually it, yeah, like it's usually they're just always I, I think i know what you're about to say but it's like they're always looking for a person of color who sounds like tina fey to plug into yeah. a show safe they're looking for safe black christian Christian said something to me one time. Maybe it was on this podcast. But he's like, "They're they're not looking for like a thug black dude to give like a sitcom to, you know. They really are looking for a safe, you know, black person who they can sell to white people. And it's like there's a there's a disingenuous kind of feeling for that because it's like you're 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 full of shit in the sense of you're not actually looking for a diverse diverse voice you're looking for something that you can sell to white people as diverse so something that white people are comfortable with it's still uh, a a white privilege type thing because it goes back to we are making society for white people like that when they say white privilege they don't mean every person who's white gets a fucking payment every month and they you know they're killing it it just means that like society is kind of geared towards the feelings and tastes of white people like you know um if you say a man a 30 year old man was walking down the street you know that means white guy but if you say you if it was any other thing you would have to say a 30 year old black man a 30 year old whatever no mm-hmm. one would say a 30 year old white man so like that's what uh, everybody means by white privilege get it, to it your point yeah where you tell me how you know come on the truth that white guys are the most oppressed in society let's go <laughs> i'm getting there okay <laughs> and we need so to good. rise up and we need to rise up and we have it really hard we're taking down all our confederate statues <laughs> you know how hard my granddaddy worked for that statue oh god know. you know what i i've thought about like uh I, have i shared this thought with you about uh you know being white in america as far as my ancestors came here. My great grandparents pretty much all immigrated here. That's like either from Poland or Ireland. And um, it's kind of the best situation because I get all of the white privilege and none of the white guilt. Does that make like, does that make sense? Or like they got here like 1920 when like for 10 yeah. years we were prejudiced toward Polish people. Yeah. And so, and then after that, I was like, relatively okay so i get to have benefited from some of like the systems of whiteness without being like oh boy my family uh 
did well because we <laughs> fucking squashed Dude, on some faces. My family, I mean, my, I middled the shit out of history. I have like you middled. Of, what does that mean? Middled. It means I'm I mean, a German. I have a lot of German ancestry. Ancestry that came post Civil War, but pre Holocaust. So like I don't have slave owners or Nazis in my surprising like, yeah. middle of the yeah, shit. I, dude. I got a middle of the shit. Two, two right of right the biggest history. tragedies of yeah. recent historical things the last couple hundred years. Uh, yeah, that's good. Like, that's yeah. that's better than you being like, yeah, my German ancestors moved here in 1946. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or, or they le- they got here early, left when slavery went, and then came back after. <laughs> it's the worst of both yeah, worlds. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, like they 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 had a tough time losing the war in the 40s, so they came here looking for a job. <laughs> oh boy, I was um. Going just a bit back, I like talking about like what shows and stuff get to be made about like the white guy who's making this mixtape if he had a show. But like I was thinking earlier this week, like, you know what movie would crush that's never been made? Like, what if they made like an American Pie, like a teen sex comedy, but it was just for gay kids? Like, there's never been like a raunchy sex comedy for gay kids. Like, I, I think it's their time. That's actually a great. I just hear that and I don't laugh because I'm like, fuck, that's a good premise. <laughs> oh, you know, by the way, I did. I at your show, I was on stage, and I was doing this thing about. Uh, I'm doing this thing about. I want to sell cancel insurance, and I was yeah. explaining the the concept of the bit. It was like a workman's comp for celebrities that get canceled. And I swear to God, two guys in the front row just looked at each other when I when I laid this plan out. Like, that's a good idea. Let's deal it. And I was like, I was getting kind of pissed because like, I swear to God, they blocked, they made eye contact and like smiled at each other. Like, and like their eyes turned to dollar signs for a second. I was like, oh shit, are they going to steal my idea? It's Christian. You can't be doing that joke because it's like a great business idea. I know it really is. Uh, but I mean, I, I, are we going to film that as a sketch dog? What are we doing? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'm doing stand i'm doing it as a stand-up thing now but we could definitely do that as a sketch it works i think it's but so i'm funny. more focused on my gay sex comedy right now my <laughs> gay american pie <laughs> i was trying to think of like uh, what what pastry or food item is the a replica of a man's asshole <laughs> an eclair like, or something like that yeah really i was like what 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 do we got here? What what can we ship this with? Is it like American Bear Claw? That's that's actually a great point, and it's kind of condescending. Like every gay movie about a gay relationship, it's all is like hyper deep and hyper like sacred oh, and flowery. sacred and yeah. And listen, that's a story too that can matter, of course, right. but. There's a form of equality and a form of, hey, you're one of us that's like actual inclusiveness that is to go, you're so one of us, you can be disgusting about (laughs) You can make the most shallow movie. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's, I actually really like that fucking concept and I cannot wait to steal it. Um, (laughs) There's a a comedian, uh, I think his name's Garrett Barnes. He was a yes. Virginia. Yeah, yeah, Virginia. Dude, he was such a he had a funny bit about like he wanted to come out of the closet, but he didn't want to tell his parents, so he wanted to like get caught fucking a dude. <laughs> 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 I don't know. It was just like that's a whole story. Like that's from a, a perspective that y- you always hear the traumatic coming out. Yeah. My dad ignored me. My mom hugged me. You know all the things yeah. that happen. And they're real. They're really real and they're very emotionally heavy but when someone can joke about it in that way it's like i don't want to come out of the closet i want to get caught it's so funny that is so funny it just adds like levity to how funny you know like not how funny the situation is but you know it just adds levity to a situation that we don't actually find levity in very often so like that bit was just really i remember laughing really hard at that bit because he's like i wanted to come out so like i I started wearing this this sweater that I thought looked gay, and no one said, "Hey, are you gay?" So he's like, "What do I have to do?" Oh, I'll just get caught. <laughs> like, it's really yeah. funny. That's but that's so accurate on like, 
Like, uh, I don't know. It's just a group of gay teens who are like, you haven't lost your virginity. (laughs) (laughs) It's easy to get a gay guy. Yeah. You haven't lost your virginity? I'll suck your dick. Uh, no, but I, I think there's something fucking... I think there's something hilarious about like his... He has his straight friends. And so yeah. his straight friends are like, we got to get... We got to get Steve laid. We got to get him. <laughs> but they do all the straight dude things that yeah. straight dudes would do. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. I'm sitting on a gold mine, man. There's there's plenty more ideas where that came from. It's a great uh, idea. The hard part is writing it, especially when you yeah. have a fucking child. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to write that. I just find some gay guy. <laughs> uh, get, uh, well, it the would, I wouldn't for be the Brett Jason yeah. child is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Christian's Shut baby up. is holding Brett back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, why didn't you pause your life for me to have a higher chance to have success? It's fucking rude as shit, bro. What was I thinking? What were you thinking? I just want, honestly, straight up, this is a real offer. Both of you guys, at any moment, you can leave your families, come live at the house. We'll turn it into like this creative haven. We'll just try and make a bunch of shit at any moment. Any moment. You can throw your baby out the window, divorce your wives, move in with me. I think we should make a Christian. We should make a cartoon. Uh, like it's like it's basically Rugrats but dirty, like blue <laughs> Rugrats, like Miles yeah. and May or something like that. Or like it's about two babies, <laughs> and they're just fucking. They're just really blue. They tell rape jokes. Oh yeah. no! <laughs> they don't even know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> just watch too much TV. Overheard it. I wanted to ask you this question before we wrap this thing up. Mm-hmm. And Whitmer, I'll ask it to you. Do you know those things where it's like one got to go and it'll show like, I don't know, like nine, <laughs> yeah. nine hip hop artists or something? Yeah. So I wanted to ask you this, Whitmer. One got to go. Mm-hmm. May, Sarah, me. Uh, <laughs> man, it's really tough. It's really tough. Yeah. Uh, Come on, dude. Don't fuck this up. Well, will you will you suck my dick? <laughs> if it keeps me, if it keeps, <laughs> it took too long. If it keeps me around, I may just have to, bro. But let me. May doesn't. May doesn't. You know, suck your dick. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, no. She doesn't. Okay. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head there, buddy. <laughs> So, and let me ask this. How many times have I woken you up in the middle of the night at 3 a.m.? Straight up. How many? How many? Great point. Zero, I'd say. You have, even, you've only had a daughter for like three weeks. You've fed her so many more times than you fed me. You fed me like (laughs) four times. You fed me like three times. It's fucked up. It's fucking bullshit. That is true. I I mean, do you want some formula? (laughs) It's, that's all she takes uh, right now. <laughs> all right. And, and Christian, same question. Sarah May Brett, one gotta go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. My wow. Answer, great. You can, sorry, you can find my answer on next week's OD. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. The cliffhanger ending, baby. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, man. All right, guys, you got some plugs. Uh, go go buy your Brett coin. Uh, this is in, not inside info, but the Vox article. It's really easy to buy a Brett coin. You just have to get a MetaMask wallet and type in Brett coin, and then you can do it. I overcomplicated it because I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, but I'm also like an entrepreneur learning as he goes, just doing things and then learning. Go buy it. A Vox article is getting written. I did a podcast called New Money Gang that's – a pretty truly one of the biggest crypto podcasts. I don't know when they're going to drop it, but I really think that's going to change things because for the first time I got to do a crypto podcast. So people know how Hell to do yeah. crypto. So I, I got a feeling, I got a feeling we're going to make this shit happen. And by this time next year, race, the movie will be a reality. Well, I got to say, I, uh, I own 177 Brett coin and that's my current retirement plan. So 
That's let's, uh, good. let's let's make let's this send me to college, baby. Right? In right? twenty years, when college cost seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, me, you guys, yeah, for me, follow me on YouTube, uh, YouTube.com/slash Nick Whitmer, or if you'd like, get the new app called Call It, Call In, Call In. I think it's I always get this wrong. Uh, one, let me just confirm. Colin, C-A-L-L-I-N. Get that app and then look up Hungry Wit. I have a food podcast talking about food. We have one episode up. They go out live every Thursday. So you can exclusively find it on that app and nowhere else. Um, so, yeah, that's for me. Uh, you can follow me at ChristianDuranComedy.com for all your Christian Duran needs. See Duran Duran on Twitter and Christian Duran SVP on Instagram. Uh, yeah, that's it for me, guys. Thank you so much, boys. Talk to you next week. Peace. Bye.